Hello, good evening or good morning wherever you are in the world. Thank you for downloading our Crystal Palace versus Southampton match build-up show podcast. So, uh, Saints back down to earth then after the weekend's defeat to Wolves and a missed opportunity and a football cliché. So we scrutinised the performance uh, with this week's guest, John, from the Saints FC podcast. And we look ahead to a recovery opportunity on Tuesday night against Crystal Palace at Sellers Park. Do stay tuned later on the show then for your bite-sized guide for those closer to home. And many of those taking the afternoon off for a sold-out support to South London. But for now, join us. This is our Crystal Palace versus Southampton match build-up show. Right, joining us then this evening, double game week, Crystal Palace on Tuesday evening. John, Saints FC podcast. Firstly, how are you? And as a, a small tradition up up on the uh, the Saints FC podcast, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm very well, Freddie. Although I have been better. Look at this. This is this is the state I'm in at the moment. That is Bavaria, 0.0 percent. Dry January, mate. Dark times. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I can't believe what I'm seeing, hearing. Um, well, mate, I guess I've, for... I've, I've got to say, though, like this, we're 19th of January. Last time I did dry January, I made it to the 6th. And then uh, I went and watched a comedy show. It was so bad that we went to the pub afterwards just to like, <laughs> deal with it. So I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Is that what London life is like? You can expect bad comedy shows. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, the, you just have everything in London, don't you? There's loads of good stuff and there's loads of crap stuff as well. Well, for the benefit of everybody else, there goes the crack. This is a, a Kokomo uh, by the By the Horns uh, Brewing Company. Passion fruit and grapefruit. A nice little Sunday session. Hey, that's just uh, that's so much better than my Bavaria 0.0. I mean, like if you are going to be doing dry January, the, the non-alcoholic beers, they are better than they were back in the old days. Yeah, well, at least you can um, get some flavour still now and then. Yeah, non- beers. Nanny State would be my my number one. I'd go to Brewdog. Great, Brewdog, great yeah. beer like that, like that. So this was from the Flavorly. Uh, we have no sponsorship, but if you want to sign up to Flavorly, let us know. I can give you a discount code. Uh, anyway, uh, let us know if if you're drinking at home. Uh, get involved in the comments, and of course, uh, fire for any questions, uh, predictions, lineups, etc. Firstly, then, John, let's get to um, yesterday at Wolves at home. Um, I mean, this was a, a typical, uh, a typical football cliche game of game of two halves. Um, let's start at the very top, though. Unchanged eleven, and they were rewarded for their efforts against Leicester. Yeah, and I think that's fair enough. Like, if you're going to go away to Leicester and beat them. Um, you deserve to, to stay on the side. I mean, also the game against Leicester. Not only did we beat them, we were yes, the much better side throughout the entirety of the game. Pretty much. I mean, Leicester got into it a bit more in the second half, but um, yeah, I, it's 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 fair enough. I think the team that he settled on is a good team. You know, despite uh, yesterday's result, I still think it's a good team. Yeah, it's got some of the frailties that that we've known about for a long time, but I don't think that's really a surprise to everyone. It was a little bit mm. of a jolt back to reality, um, but I don't think it was a huge surprise that we've still got those weaknesses. 
Yeah, I mean, to be honest, um, I, uh, I'm i not subscribing to the overreactions. I guess you, you see it most of the time, in fact, on social media. I guess that's what it's built for. Social media is for overreaction football fans, you know. But uh, it was it was a terrific um, uh, first half, though, wasn't it? I mean, we, we, we had an urgency. We pressed them into mistakes. And, uh, you know, Bednarek on the score sheet as well. It, it kind of bounces through from Warpras free kick. And it was a great technique to kind of hook it over into the top corner. Yeah, it was a really tidy finish, actually. I'm, I'm quite a big fan of Bednarek. I don't think he's the world's greatest centre-back, but I like him. I like his attitude to the game. He, he, he plays, I don't know, he plays like like there's a little bit of joy in him, which is quite nice to see footballers do. And so really good to see him get that goal. And um, I mean, he finished it really coolly, didn't he? Mm. There, there, weren't, there weren't like loads of different things he could do there, but the technique to kind of like curve it round uh, past the keeper, he was... He was pretty stationary, you know. It was it was a really really nice finish. So I was really pleased for for Jan Bednarek. Um, really good finish. Always good to see him smiling, reeling away. And um, Jack Stevens as well. I think those two are actually really getting on well with each other at the moment, which which is good to see. Starting to build a bit of a relationship. Although, if we have to talk about the relationship in the second half of the game, Freddie, then uh, mm. there, there's some there's some problems there as well. Yeah, and we'll get to that just shortly as well. Um, and let us know where you're on the world. Jeffrey is drinking coffee until Saints figure out how to keep a lead. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, we have in recent weeks, but it, it went a bit pear-shaped yesterday. Uh, right, Mark adds to uh, our comments here, the much maligned Cedric coped much better than Bertrand with Traore. Uh, mind you, he is like Antonio on steroids, a real beast. Get out of our system for uh, Tuesday. Uh, Adama Troyer was obviously the danger man yesterday. Yeah, I think he bullied most of our defenders yesterday. We're, we're, we're not very good. I mean, Mark is, is true. Like It's the same with Antonio against um, Saints in the game uh, against West Ham not that long ago. Um, they, that sort of kind of like dynamic, pacey, but most importantly, really strong, really muscly uh, forward. We do struggle with, you know, it's the same with like, if you go back to Lukaku, always struggled with him. Those built forwards. Um, we, we definitely don't like. I mean, I, I'm sure Mark is not uh, not suggesting anything on the steroids. It's just a. Uh, <laughs> we're always, we're, I think uh, yeah, just to make sure there's no libel here, Freddie. But um, yeah, uh, trial rate. He's 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 quite beast. And it's funny with Cedric because I think he put Cedric against the man. Um, if you've got people attacking him down the wing, and he's like one-on-one sort of sort of tackling, that's where I think Cedric is actually quite good. It's actually worse when Cedric's on um, the opposite side of the main kind of winger threat, because then when the cross is coming, that's where the ball goes over him at the back post, and that's, that's where the problem is with Cedric. But it's the same against... Um, Aston Villa, he dealt with Jack Grealish really well um, coming down his side. So, um, yeah, it's good to see Cedric dealing with that sort of thing. Ultimately, he ain't going to grow any taller, so there's always going to be the problem with the back pace. But um, it was no surprise, really, that we struggled to deal with Traore. We're not the first team that's done that, and we don't like playing against people like him, really. Yeah, I mean, Cedric did, uh, you know, find it difficult against Troy. We know what to expect with Adama Troy, you know, direct sort of player. doesn't go anywhere else but forward, doesn't cut in, doesn't cut out left, doesn't cut inside, outside. We know which way he's going to go and that's towards the goal. And, you know, Cedric, much maligned in the past, uh, you know, his his capabilities to defend often questioned. Um, but 
uh, a big shout out to uh, Jeffrey, who's joining us in Kansas City. There you are. Good afternoon to you, Jeffrey, in Kansas City. Um, and uh, Mark adds to uh, you know your comments on Triore's build. Right, I guess t- towards our you know uh, let's let's add some positivity. To this uh, let's make this podcast a bit like a, a game of two halves, a bit like the game on Saturday. Okay. Um, <laughs> goals in the first half Shane Long he loves scoring in January I mean it was about this time last season he scored against uh, Leicester I think he scored his first goal in about 18 months you know last season against somebody else but it was his first of the goal of the season glancing header getting in between the two defenders Armstrong I've got to give credit to him here actually a chap behind me sitting in the stand he said uh, Armstrong was ripe for a goal and then literally 30 seconds later keeps it alive Cedric then whips it across and Shane Long there he is yeah, I did. it's funny what you say about uh, Shane Long in January because he, he obviously got that goal against Huddersfield as well in the FA Cup that was ruled mm. out for the uh, armpit hair being slightly further offside than the the opponents. Um, so yeah, I mean maybe he's got his scoring boots on. Although again, when we get into the second half, we're going to have to question that. But um, if Shane, you know, when Shane Long goes on these runs and he has goals to his game, that normally comes with a good Saints run as well. Um, Danny Ings didn't score for the first time, you know, in centuries, obviously yesterday. So it'd be good if Shane Long can start picking up and start banging in the goals. Um, Because, you know, he is dynamic. He's got a lot about his game, Shane Long. We've talked about it on the podcast many, many times over the couple of years that we've been doing it. And Freddie, we've discussed it before, Mm. but he, he brings a lot. And then when he has goals as well, he's an absolute nightmare. You know, we're talking about the likes of Antonio and Traore being a nightmare. Shane Long is one of those forwards that I bet you defenders hate to see on the opposite uh, team sheet because he's a pain in the backside. He's, he's niggly. He's running hard. He knows how to get, he knows a little bit about the dark arts as well. Shane Long. It's just his, his finishing is a bit off sometimes. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, um, um, I guess I want to be honest here. Actually, I've recently been reading uh, Peter Crouch's book and uh, he oh, mentioned yeah. Shane Long in his, uh, in one of his uh, chapters. And he said, um, I think he's got a point here. Shane Long is a selfless striker. He's, he's the sort of striker you don't expect to score. And that's against uh, any sort of striker's DNA uh, to not score. I mean, strikers want the glory. They want to score goals. But, you know, Shane Long, I think the commentator said yesterday, uh, uh, from an unlikely source, Shane Long's centre forward. <laughs> yeah, I bet Shane Long didn't like hearing that on Match of the Day when he watched it back. Um but it's funny as well. It's a bit, there's another ex-Saints player who's doing that in the Premier League at the moment. That's David McGoldrick. You look at what he does for Sheffield United. And um, he's working hard and he's cre- he's opening the chances for his colleagues to come in and, and his teammates to come in and score goals. And Shane Long does the same, you know. Danny Ings will kind of sweep in and do that. Shane Long is working the opposition really hard. Um, I've been impressed with Shay Adams as well, actually. I think he's been doing similar things for Saints mm. when, when he's been on. Got that assist against Leicester. So... You know, it's funny to think that strikers aren't always about goals, but sometimes there is more to goals. But hey, you know, we don't we don't need to have this argument today, Freddie, because Shane Long actually got that goal. <laughs> Unbelievably, <laughs> well, like, got, against the odds. If he got his brace, though, that would have yeah, you know, that would have put put the question marks past you know, wouldn't it? Well, to be honest, I mean, if we look at it, we were I think fair to say cruising at half time, and perhaps this is where. Um, you know, perhaps a bit of complacency and naivety come in. Um, I just want to add uh, Kieran's comment here on screen. Despite a, f- a good first half, defensively, we were naive. Second half and let Traore and Wolves do what they want. Uh, Ralph uh, needs some signings uh, right now, not maybe uh, for one of our form 
or two fullbacks or centre-back needed. But I think I mentioned this a few times to people outside the ground yesterday and at the pub after the game. I think this is it. I mean, complacency, naivety is what it comes down to. And it is, you know, as we said at the top of the show, a, a, a cliche game of two halves. Yeah, it was a bit. Do you, do you know what? I've got I'm starting to develop a theory about Saints, right? Um, if you look at how this season has gone, after the the nine nil defeat, you know it's a bit of a wake up call. We had the game against Everton, and Saints really had to go to the depth. I think before then we were kind of sleepwalking into a relegation battle, and then it was like, bam! Here's the the big wake up call. Now you're in a relegation battle. You really need to sort yourselves out. And it's kind of following that then the international break that they really started sorting themselves out. And then I think we have this like knack to kind of get carried away. Do you know what I mean? Like we've won mm. three Premier League games in a row. Um, you know, we're, we're kind of top three in the form tables after six games, after eight games, after 10 games going back, you know, really, really good form. And I think suddenly the Saints players believe the hype. They're like, oh yeah, we are a team that should be going for Europa, Europa League. They believe their own hype and then they stop concentrating. And I think, you know, we saw that um, at half time against Wolves. Like, I'm sure that all the players in the change room weren't thinking, right, how are we going to get more goals? How are we going to make sure that we win this? I think they're just thinking, wow, this is great. We're going to win our fourth game in a row. Thinking about European qualification, you know, we have this like mental block where we kind of like are happy to go away in the ferries and and sleepwalk. And uh, I think in a way that second half was a bit of a wake up call of, you haven't done this yet, Saints. You do need to get to your 40 points, although I think Hassan Hutel saying 36 points is what he mm. reckons we need. Um, and then you can kind of like push on, push on from there. So it didn't surprise me. Um, I don't think it probably surprised anyone in St. Mary's apart from the fact, unless the people it would have surprised would have been like the players, you know, they've been getting carried away thinking that actually, okay, we're going to be pushing towards Europe, which, which we could be, but you, know, you look at the best uh, teams, the teams like the way Liverpool are playing at the moment. When do they switch off? They don't. They kind of keep going, keep going, keep going. It doesn't matter who they're playing against. Doesn't matter what the form is. They just keep on winning, and they're relentless. And that's what Saints never quite get to that stage. They, they kind of start to believe their own hype and start to hope things are going to be easy and relaxing. And then that's when it all goes horribly wrong. Mm. Well, uh, Luke adds to the conversation here. The one positive about Saturday's game is that teams have to work hard to beat us at the moment. Uh, whereas before, it was way too easy. Good to see others chipping in with goals. And I think, uh, you know, let's extend on that a little bit. I think we've almost become almost a little bit too reliant on Danny Ings recently to put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, if you've got a strike in a rich vein of form, just let him carry on scoring. That's a, that's absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, good to see two different names on, on the on the score sheet. I'd like to see Stuart Armstrong get um, in amongst the goals. Nathan Redmond as well. He's due some goals. I thought he, he actually had a really good game as well yesterday. Hmm. Um, he's been a bit up and down recently, Redmond, but it's nice to see him kind of like work. Well, he, he, doesn't, he never really stops working hard, but it's funny. I think. Do you think maybe with Redmond, with the focus off him on Danny Ings, is kind of means he shies away on the pitch a little bit more, doesn't try as much. I, I think don't know. Um, 
maybe Redmond is almost a little bit reluctant to take the shot, to take the opportunity. I mean, last year he thought he had almost a shoot on sight, um, you know, mm. philosophy. But this year, I think he's going back to the sort of Redmond in his shell a little bit. Um, you know, the season before last, taking too many touches on the ball, trying to do the fancy work, making it look cute against the yeah. defender, trying to beat him across the line. And then ultimately it comes, uh, you know, too many, two touches. Yeah. yeah. If only that one had gone in though at the end with uh, went off the crossbar. Mm. Um, yeah, I did, it is good to see some of the other players getting into the goals. Um, it's a shame that Shane Long didn't follow up his goal, you know, with that header and getting that one in. Um, you know, there, there's more goals to come from this team. I don't think we need to be too worried, right, about Danning's. His form will drop off. It's impossible mm. for that form to continue for the whole rest of the season. Um, but you look at the likes of Armstrong, Redmond. Shane Long, Che Adams, they're all due more goals. And if we keep on kind of pushing, keep on having the high XG, um, I don't know oh, how much go. you talk about XG on the ugly inside, Freddie. But, you know, if we continue to create quality chances, especially when we're on this good run of form, we will see other players getting goals. Well, for those that aren't following too many of uh, John's statistics on the Saints FC podcast, <laughs> XG's expected goals. And I saw it flash up on match of the day last night. Uh, unexpectedly, I, to be honest, I didn't expect the game to be first on, on the show last night, but it was... I know, I two weeks Saints, in a row, Freddie. What's going on? This unbelievable. Be the first time in history. Different sides of the spectrum there, I think, <laughs> to be fair. Um, I think it flashed up something like 0.8 uh, for for Southampton and then about two and a half for Wolves. So, I mean, ultimately it is the uh, you know the the, the scoreline in the top left that counts. Mm. And so let's get to the the goals then. Um, and it's another cliche that Wolves came out in that second half. They wanted it more. They they had more urgency. And I think you know I actually um, you know witnessed them come out sort of five minutes before the Saints team come out. They uh, Wolves were doing drills in the touchline, doing little bursts and uh, get straight to the goal. Then it was. Uh, uh, Neto, who opens the scoring for Wolves, uh, Bednarek dives in, misses the challenge on Troy Traore, is allowed to pick the pass. Uh, in real time, I think, you know, I actually stood up, uh, you know, appealed for the handball, albeit in vain. I'm not sure the referee could hear us back at the back of the itch in North, but uh, it almost looked like it was handball in the stadium. Defenders almost stopped and uh, McCarthy was made to look silly as Neto. It bounced off his chest in the end, uh, albeit after after the, um, the highlights in the pub after the game. But, uh, uh, McCarthy stood there like a statue. It was a funny one, wasn't it? Because I think statue, statuesque is probably the right word. Uh, like when, you, no matter how many times you watch it back, um, like Bednarek was almost like the last Saints player to make a move, which mm. all went horribly wrong. Totally mistimed it and misjudged it. And then as the ball comes in, it was just a total shambles, wasn't it? Everyone was ball watching. Nobody was chasing after it, and. Um, I don't, it just wasn't even difficult for Neto, was it? It was just easy. There was time, there was space, and we just weren't putting enough on it. Um, I mentioned in my like Saints chat with my like friends and family who all support Saints um, about Alex McCarthy, and it's just it's almost situations like that where you need the big personality in the box to be shouting, to be organising, mm. um, because that one, it just looked like nobody knew where they were supposed to be, what they were supposed to be doing. And, and it was a gift for Wolves. And it was an annoying time as well, because 53 minutes, you knew then that they had plenty of time to get themselves properly back into the game. Um, you know, you can see that in the 80th minute and you might hang on. But, uh, you know, with, with Saints form, Considering that in the 53 minutes was dangerous. 
Well, this this was the moment, I guess, that the, the game changed and the autistic angler on YouTube had, so I don't mind us losing, but it was shocking to see how our game changed so much in the midst of that game. And, you know, I think at 2-0, we thought we were cruising complacent at half time, and then Wolves came out with the urgency to press us into mistakes. And, you know, given so much time and space in the ball, we can't afford that. I mean, we thought that Wolves would almost be out on their feet at the halftime because they played mm. the middle game. They they played, a, you know, that replay against Man United. A lot of them went off kind of with a knock or a doubt for fitness and they come out raring to go, fresh as a daisy and push us into mistakes. And, you know, it's, it's another um, yeah, clumsy uh, mistake that uh, allows them in for their second goal, their equaliser. I mean, I think there was no question about it in the stands. About 30,000 said... You know, with the hand, he, hands in the head, including myself, you know, so yeah, that's a penalty. That's no question. But it took almost five minutes to get to that decision from the video replays. I mean, if you look at it closely, I've watched it back a, a dozen times already. Somebody, uh, Nick has almost suggested that it's no penalty, but both Stevens and Cedric wipe out Jimenez. I mean, re- the referee calls out uh, for a corner, but um, I mean, Cedric kind of barges Johnny whilst uh, Stevens takes his letters like a tag team double up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at at kind of like real-time speed, it looks like the most clear-cut penalty in the world. Mm. Um, From the discussion afterwards, the the reason why I think there's maybe some question marks over and why it took so long in the stadium um, was the question on on whether he had any chance of really getting to the ball because Cedric got to the ball before him and and was shielding him. Um, And then... Which I can see the argument there, if it was just Cedric, but I think it was Jack Stevens, wasn't it? Kind of clattering in as well. I don't. Mm. <clears throat> I mean, Jack Stevens was nowhere near the near the ball anyway. I, I don't think we really need to debate it. Ralph Hasenhutel didn't think it was a penalty. I thought it was. You thought it was. Pretty yeah. much everyone in the stadium thought it was. So, you know, but, and that's what they gave in the end. Um, just go back to the point from the, the the autistic angler as well. It's kind of like the the point I was making earlier about us daydreaming a bit, us sleepwalking. Uh, I think Saints lost their concentration. Wolves were there to be finished off. And if mm. we'd kind of continued the start of the second half in the same vein that we'd played the first half, we'd have had no problem in, in beating them, you know, three. We might have even got a fourth. But, um, yeah, it was, it was that kind of, it was that, that sleepwalking as well and i've seen as well jeffrey kind of like jeffrey wells has made another comment there about missing a leader at the back mm. i think for the first goal you can definitely say that was the case um i was speaking to carl anker earlier in the week he's, he's the saints journalist on the athletic and one of the observations he's made about jack stevens is that he's always shouting and always talking at the back so um i think jack stevens could potentially become that player but he also needs to build up on his experience and his confidence as well um and whilst he might be talking and trying to be the leader all the time whether the other players follow or not i think he needs to demonstrate that that he is the defender that should be followed or or leading leading the line and the conversation yeah i think we've seen a little bit of that over the last couple of weeks you know um getting on the score sheet against aston villa a couple of clean sheets organizing some of his peers um but uh, I think, as you say, rules were there for the second. Had we got an early goal in that second half, I think that would have put them to bed. You know, mm. three I mean, two 0 is a dangerous scoreline to come back. When they get the first one, you know they're going to get the momentum to carry on to get the second one. If we had got a third, I think that would have been game over. But um, we've mentioned earlier as well, Nathan Redmond hit the bar. Had he been a, a, a yard or two behind where he struck the ball, that could have gone in off mm. the crossbar, you know, similar to sort of, you know, Jake Vokens, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago. But... 
This is the Wolves' third goal then. Um, there were calls for offside, but the VAR calls it for handball. I didn't see any handball in the stadium. I was I was certain Troyo was offside, but again, watching it back on the replays and the highlights, yeah, how wrong was I? I mean, um, it was a quick counter-attack. Troyore key again. I'll tell you what, Freddie, it, it, these VAR checks, they do occasionally go to show, don't they? How yeah. wrong you can have it in the stadium. You can be 100% sure of something, and then when it comes back, you're like, oh... Oh, I was actually totally wrong. I mean, the Shane Long goal that he scored against Huddersfield, I was like dead dead in line with him, you know, at the side of the pitch. Like, I couldn't have had a better position to judge the offside. And I was like, he was onside by a mile. I was thinking mm. like, you know, give me three and a half. Totally wrong on that one as well. Luke's um, got a spot on comment here. VAR was spotted on Saturday, unfortunately. We've had it all good so far with VAR, but it was our turn to get the poor luck. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we can have too many complaints uh, with VAR this season, Saints. We, we've been okay so far. Mm. Um, and I think that the handball and the build-up to the third goal, it was too many phases. Is it like the phase of pay or too many touches back? Someone's trying to explain to me. I, I haven't looked that. I haven't picked up the rule book to verify this, but um, there is some suggestion that because he wasn't the player who assisted the ball, it didn't count. But I, you mm. know, I'm not sure about that. I'd have thought it'd be in in the phase of play, but. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure about it at the time. I wasn't sure why they called it back yeah. for a handball. Definitely like offside to me. But it was two against five. It was two attackers from Wolves. Uh, Troy are bullying, you know, two Saints defenders to, to mm. allow to cut it back to him and Ez and just showcase our, our weakness, I guess. Literally kind of the strength of the defenders uh, come into question here. But uh, we, as as Dave Merrington mentioned on the uh, the commentary, we've squandered a two-goal lead. Uh, it's not quite as dramatic as last season where we lost almost sort of 30 points from winning position. This season, it's only 10 points. <laughs> it's nice to improve in some way. <laughs> I think, was it in the calendar year, it's 42 points, isn't it? Or tw- like in the last 12 months. I mean, it's just, mm. that's terrifying, isn't it? We've re- Let's play this game here, Freddie. If we had 42 extra points, I suppose you know, 10 this year would make a huge difference. But um, if yeah, we're, we're talking about like a massive, massive lift up the table if we could hold on to leads. Um, it just yeah, showcases okay. a bit of our fragility, you know, to, yeah. to hang, on, hang on to leads. But uh, right, Edward, uh, on that note then, oops, that's the Welsh gamers comment. Uh, Edward's comment, here we go, on to Palace, a big one to three points needed. And I think it is important to come away from um, Sellers Park uh, without a defeat. Yeah, I mean, I think we like playing at Selhurst Park. Um, I certainly quite enjoyed going to Selhurst Park. Unfortunately, too far for me to go on a Tuesday. Uh, mm. Now I'm down in deepest, darkest Dartmoor, Freddy. Um, but uh, anyone who's thinking about going, definitely worth worth a trip to Selhurst Park. Or, or, always good fun. Um, yeah, I, I think I'd take a draw. I'd definitely take a take a win, of course, in any Saints game. Um and you know Edward's previous point as well about um, the position in the league table. We're equidistant between um, the European positions and the relegation zone. So we've got six points. Either, we don't use time. those sort of words on this show, sort of show, John. We've got to try and get these things in here. Um, yeah, that's basically halfway between European and um, okay, yeah. uh, relegation in terms of uh, terms of points. So yeah, we're not in a bad position. Not in any you know any sense of the way like you go back a month's time the sort of conversations we're having Freddie were, mm. were were pretty pretty dreadful but um 
I mean, Welsh Gamer adds to the comment here, 30 points is like eight or nine places improvement. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's serious, isn't it? Like That's kind of like nailed on European position. I, I wonder if... Um, it's that kind of like the arrogance that Ronald Koeman had seemed to kind of affect the players. Do you know what I mean? We didn't have that mental fragility when, when Koeman was manager. And I... Um, I think Ralph is playing a really interesting style of football and it works when the team are clicking, it's all working well. Mm. But in terms of mental fragility, we still have that there there in buckets. But, you know, it's been, it's been a long few years, isn't it, Freddie? Well, to be honest, if we talk about mental fragility, I mean, uh, Crystal Palace showed no sign of that at the weekend earning a point against Man City at the Etihad. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I thought they'd blown it because they obviously had the one 0 lead, and then they were two and back. But to bounce back from that, it's really, really impressive. Uh, Palace like playing against Man City, though, mm. and they're, they're a little bit like us in a way. Palace, they quite like playing without the ball. So you know, it's an interesting kind of battle the the palace saints because there's two teams that don't really like playing against each other in terms of the style of the football um so for either team to win they have to do something a little bit different from from the norm so uh it will be an interesting battle on tuesday but you know all the evening games are always fun and i think we often play palace on a tuesday or a wednesday evening under the lights well, the last the last couple of seasons we've had a fairly decent record actually at Selhurst. Mm. Two wins, two clean sheets as well. I want to add to mm. that too. But uh, so, so Crystal Palace unbeaten in five, albeit they've drawn the last four, including our draw in December. Yeah, I was looking at the um, the form league tables, Freddie, before this. Um, so if you go to the last six matches, Saints are fourth, Palace are twelfth. Last eight, Saints are seventh, Palace are fourteenth. Last 10, Palace are up to seventh, but Saints are third. So, I mean, in terms of form, I don't think we have, you know, we're, we're, we're both in pretty good form, um, but Saints are definitely in the better form than, than Palace. That's because they've, they've been getting draws rather than wins. Um, you know, so maybe there's a bit of a rub of the green. I think it's going to be quite close. Palace are quite a decent side under, under Roy Hodgson. They're really well drilled. Mm. Yeah, I mean, tough nut, uh, organised unit. I mean, they showcased that. I mean, in the middle of our kind of, you know, no two wins either side of the, our, our fixture in uh, on the twenty eighth of December. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Finbar adds then to the conversation: uh, Do we struggle against a physically strong forward? I mean, the last couple of seasons have almost feared the presence of Christian Benteke, mm. but he's not had a sniff recently. Hardly been in the team, and they've recently had a new addition to their forward line: Chenk Tuson on loan from Everton. Yeah, it could be a game for him to get his first goal, Freddie. He scored against Man City. Oh, did he? I thought yeah. I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be a game for him to get his second goal then, Freddie. <laughs> but, um, I mean, what we can also take high is that uh, Luka Milojojevic, um, mm-hmm. hopefully I pronounced that right. Yeah, I think you nailed that. I think I did. Um, yeah. We've been practising it. Um, I'm not going to... Uh, admit anything else but look uh, th- third game of his suspension sent off um, in the uh, FA Cup third round against Derby so I mean he scored against Saints a couple of years ago yeah he's he's a decent player um, I'm not going to try and say his name but um, you know he's one of the he's, he's a tough nut isn't he he gets around he works hard um and he's the kind of player who I'm relieved when he's not on the pitch against Saints. Um, Cenk Tosun, yeah, 
it'd be interesting to see see what he's doing. Louis, uh, um, Louis Zaha, Wilfred Zaha is the man to worry about. But James Will Prowse um, and him have an interesting battle mm. um, going back to the last season's game at St Mary's, and they continued that battle at St Mary's this season. So, if if you're wanting to watch, if if you want to see a little bit, can I swear on this, Freddie? Go for it. If you want to see a bit of shithousery, watch the battle between Zaha and James Ward-Prowse. You'll see two players that really, really dislike each other, really going for each other. Um, yeah, I, I, absolutely. James Ward-Prowse is in Zaha's head, and you can <laughs> you can see it winds him up. And James Ward-Prowse, if he's having a good game and Saints are doing well, I think you'll see him building and building and building on that. So, um, yeah. That that'll be a fun one to look out for on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean Zaha's your your petulant kind of flair player. If it's not going right for him, he starts to wave his arms to protest against the referees. And but I guess what what could be said is that we almost need that sort of flair player in ourselves. I mean, Kieran adds here, uh, Palace are very defensive. Uh, and we and, and are very good at it. I mean, we've seen that in the last few games of draws. So we need a spark from the from the likes of Gineppo, Buffal, Redmond to to give Tompkins and and Sacco uh, problems. Yeah, I think I think Kieran's onto a point there. Actually, the um, it's the players with that sort of key to unlock, you know, well-drilled defence. Um, do you start with either Buffal or, or Gineppo? I don't well, know if their form necessarily dictates that they do. I think you've got to probably stick with the team that um, mm. started against Wolves again. Actually, Mark um, argues that Buffal and Gineppo have been off the pace recently. Yeah, well, he's well, he's right. I mean, unfortunately, Mark is Mark is right that yeah, they they have been a little bit off the pace recently. Um, but they're two nice players to have in your back pocket. You know, if you've got if you need to unlock a defence later into the game, um, Buffon and Gineppo can do it. I'd probably prioritise Gineppo over Buffon. I thought Buffon started the season really good, but he hasn't hasn't mm. quite got there yet. You know. I mean, he missed a golden opportunity against Wolves oh blazing out of the bar. I mean, the Six Nations are coming up. That would have been something <laughs> the uh, the rugby teams have been proud of for the conversion. Yeah, Freddie, let's let's not talk about that. That's shocking, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, maybe the pressure got to him, but uh, right, um, right. I mean, to be honest, Saints haven't got a uh, a bad record at Sellers recently. You know, right. as I say, the, the last couple of wins, and I think they've only beaten us twice in the last sort of 16, uh, 15 fixtures at Selhurst. and we're taking a sold out support, albeit a reduced one. I mean, we, we, we've discussed this on various different platforms and, and blogs elsewhere. I'm not sure why. Southampton decided to take the reduced allocation when often we take nearly 3,000 every year. I know, especially for a game in London as well. So many Saints fans in London. Mm. Um, you know, the, the cities are so close to each other. It's an easy trip up from Southampton to, to London. It's just madness. I, don't, I mean, does this stuff get brought up in the fans forums? I've never been to one, but it, it does seem crazy. That, it is that an issue that is ongoing. Big, the, the big allocations, especially in games so close to Southampton in the capital city. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there must be probably, you know, I'd have thought at least 10,000 Saints fans that live in London, probably a lot more. Mm. Well, it is, as I said, it is an ongoing issue with the, mm. uh, you know, the, the, the forums uh, in various different outlets. Uh, right. OK, so um, we're just over half an hour then gone. Uh, do get in touch with your uh, lineups predictions any score lines you want to uh, put forward uh to to before we get to lineups and predictions how is your fantasy team this weekend john 
work Freddie, at the league, I, man, you? I start, yeah. I mean, I basically started this season really, really well. Um, my policy of not having any Saints players in my team because I don't want to curse them didn't stop Saints players being cursed at the start of the season. <laughs> the, the whole club seems to have a curse over them. But yeah, it's um, it's not going well. I had, at least I didn't have Jamie Vardy as my captain uh, this weekend. I had Kevin De Bruyne, but he didn't do much better. So um, No yeah. points for Vardy, so that's no. a consolation. Uh, I did have Jimenez in my side, so that was my kind of like spread betting, if, if, you, if you want. So mm. I thought about taking the Wolves players out, so I was feeling quite confident before the game, but I uh, decided to leave them in just in case we lost. And so, Naively, I put Stevens in my defence. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I only have one Crystal Palace player in my team. That's Kelly. And uh, he's going to remain on the bench on Tuesday. So, yeah. Um, right. But anyway, f- 51 points this week, Freddie. How how did you get on? Uh, I think I was in about 40. At least I was above average, I think. But that's, yeah. uh, I think I, I had points from Van Dyke. Um, I've had points from Salah as well. Um, so I'm actually planning for the double game week next week. But we digress. Uh, yeah. Luke adds uh, just quickly: Zaha is like the Antonio or Adama Traore. We can learn from us. Uh, can we learn from our mistakes and deal with Zaha? If so, we have a chance. And uh, to add some score predictions, Saints fan number one, there you are again. I don't know how you judge it, but number one fan, there you are. Two, two, John Bob, love that. Uh, one, one, they score first. A comeback. Well, yeah, I mean that. Be nice to see a comeback. Um, Although I just, I'd rather they just didn't concede. Mm. Um, never lost when we've not conceded a goal, Freddie. Yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> um, Joe adds, I, uh, same team again against Palace, 2 0 to Saints. Yeah, 2 0 to Saints. Yeah, I think it's going to be close, you know. It'll be, it'll be one of those things. I do think we can deal with Zaha. I think we've shown that before, um, perhaps by having James Will Prowse on him rather than maybe one of our defenders. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think we can win on Tuesday, Freddie. Um, Lots of positivity just, actually yeah. flying in the comments. Uh, Ed adds here a two or three one. How nice it'd be to see Jay come on and get off the mark. I mean, he was so yeah. desperate to to add to uh, to open his account this season. Uh, Finn Barr adds two three Saints. Uh, Ollie or Oliver adds two one Saints uh, with the same sides. And Jeffrey with a little bit of a damp squib a nil nil. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I've still watched good Nils in the past before as well. So, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, it'll be an entertaining one if Jeffrey's right. I mean, to, to be honest, I mean, I w- oh, a point wouldn't be so uh, so bad in hindsight. I mean, won't help that Burnley won today uh, against Leicester. We could have helped that Leicester sh- should have won today, but mm. uh, Burnley have closed the gap. But we still got a cushion over the bottom f- uh, over the bottom three, about four or five points still. Six points, Freddie. Six points. There you go. I haven't yeah. done my research. Uh, thanks for calling me out. Um, <laughs> uh, right. I think, I think I'm going to go uh, and, and agree with, uh, who was it? John Bob. I'm going to go 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. What do you think? Yeah, I can, I can see that happening. I'm going to be a little bit more positive. I'm going to go for Saints 1-0. Clean sheet, Freddie. Okay. I love Danny it. Danny Ings mean, back on the score sheet. Excellent. I'll, I'll make sure I captain him uh, this week then. Don't do that. I'll curse it. Then it won't work. <laughs> right. Okay. Then uh, that was our Crystal Manage, uh, Crystal Palace match build-up show. Uh, John, uh, just uh, let you us know. You said the Crystal Maze there, didn't you, Freddie? Crystal I mean, Maze. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Richard. Uh, Richard E. Grant. No, not no, Richard. E. Grant. No, Richard. Oh my <laughs> God, what's his name? 
You know, he's a uh, he's he's a uh, transgender now. That Richard. Yeah. What's this? I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna Google this. Richard Crystal Maze presenter. Richard O'Brien. That's Richard it. Richard O'Brien. There you go. Not not uh, not um, not Richard Ayoade. Not no. him. Not the no. new presenter. Uh, I, I think is it Chris? Anyway, we digress. Look, um, first half team plays two 0 autistic angler. Last prediction then from Harry two 0 Saints. Uh, uh, one more then uh, from Jonathan. Uh, I think Ralph might rotate a bit. Shea Buffal, Gineppo to start. Long Redmond and Armstrong on the bench. One 0 Saints. There you go. Jonathan agrees with you, John. Uh, but excellent. When can we expect the podcast this week? Um, so we've got Tom coming back from his podcast paternity leave. Um, so we'll be chatting on Wednesday night, probably. Um, so expect to find the podcast on your phone, ready to be listened to on Thursday morning. Great stuff. Always good to speak to Jordan. And thank you so much, all of you in the comments. Yeah. Cheerio, everyone. Big thanks once again then to John from the Saints FC podcast. Do remember to check in later this week for the latest episode and follow on the social pages. All the links are available in the description to subscribe to John's show. Uh, but for now, this is your bite-sized guide for those closer to home. And you've got a couple of options because it's a night game. So most people then uh, would be taking the afternoon off work to get up to London and around. Uh, but if you're short for time and driving, here's a few places. Uh, so firstly, words to the wise, most streets around Sellers Park operate a no match day or restricted parking policy. So I'd suggest driving to Croydon, find the multi-storey and then catch a train uh, to either Selhurst, Thornton Heath or Norwood Junction from West Croydon or East Croydon. The trains are regular from both of those stations and it's only one stop. And once you're near then, you'll probably need some liquid refreshment. And as usual, the recommended away pubs are the Prince George or the Railway Telegraph. Uh, both of them just a short walk from Thornton Heath Station and naturally on its way to Sellers Park. So there's a few choices then, of course, do get in touch with whatever means or whatever you're doing or however you're spending match day, wherever you are across the world. But for now, that is then uh, this week's uh, extra match build-up show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I will be back next week. Uh, there'll be no build-up show for the Tottenham Hotspur in the FA Cup fourth round. So uh, do check back next week for our Liverpool build-up show. And uh, I guess for now, the last thing I can say on the show is... Come on, you saints.